So I watched Parasite the other day. I seriously cannot believe that movie won so many Oscars. I mean, it was a great movie, but it was the least diverse cast I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say the movie industry has a diversity problem, but like, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> diversity is one of those words where it's lost its original meaning, and now it just means not white. So, diversity- it was very diverse. <laughs> Diversity is our strength, okay? Hello and welcome to your favourite podcast, Brad is a Bad Person. My name is Morgan, I am the host and middle child of this podcast. I am joined as always by Lachlan. Ah, oh, okay, hi. Who is the oldest member of the group, and Brad. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> who is the baby of the group. Yes, I am young and fresh-faced. <laughs> yeah, fresh you do have baby definitely. face as well. 100% baby face. That's mm-hmm. why you don't shave, isn't it? Because you don't want to be mistaken for a teenager. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's why. It's not laziness. Yeah. No, at the at the <laughs> age of 30, I still get ID'd in my shave. That is a fact. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, no thank you. I would definitely okay. ID you. All right, so today we'll be talking about overreactions. People getting tilted and blowing things way out of proportion. Bullshit! People being slighted and retaliating disproportionately. I'm not having this! So, uh, Brad, I need you to do me a favour and say perform sometime during this episode oh. so Lachlan can overreact to it. I've written it's it not, into my speech at least four times. Fucking hell. Yes. It's not an overreaction. It is a perfectly level-headed <laughs> reaction. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, um, yeah, okay. Well, it, it should be a fun episode. Uh, we've all got something interesting planned about uh, crazy overreactions. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we get it started with Lachlan cracking open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. All right, so as you guys remember from last week, playing a fun little game sent in to us by listener Nick. Uh, I have to roll a dice, and each number on the dice corresponds to something that I've got to try. Last week, I got a six, which was... Any XPA. So yes. this week I have a Little Creatures XPA. Little Creatures, of course, mm. Australian local beer. Um, I don't know whether this comes from Fremantle or Geelong. I think it's Fremantle. Um, but it's full strength, 1.3 standard drinks. It's an XPA, which is extra pale ale. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they don't call it an EPA. They call it an XPA. Um, I don't like pale ales I don't like IPAs and I fucking hate the only XPA I've ever tried before so this is probably going to suck high hopes high hopes there we go sniffing it oh he's going to sniff it first on that one it's not great all that suspense. Yeah, I'd take a lager or a pilsner any day. Um, okay, so uh, in in the spirit of keeping the game going, because I'm going to keep going until I get one of everything on this list, uh, let's roll the dice again. Mm-hmm. And it's a one. Uh-huh. Uh, a one is a Matilda Bay frothy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Second time this season. That's so it. look forward to that next week. Yeah. Look forward to me not remembering that you've uh, reviewed it already. So. You know, people aren't going to listen to the episode if you tell them what beer you're reviewing. <laughs> so um, I expected large decline in dips for the next episode. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so Lachlan, that was a fucking shit beer review. I hope you get AIDS and die. Sorry, I was, that was like a bit a, of an overreaction. Overreaction. <laughs> um, right, Brad, do you want to want to get us started with uh, the topic of the night? Yes. Uh, so this do week, you, can you, Brad, before you start, actually, mm-hmm. can you like clear your throat really, really loudly and go? <coughs> All right. <coughs> can you do that? <coughs> All right. Good. Yeah, Good. we're ready. Yeah. This this week, I found uh, one of the best workplace overreactions in history. We've uh, all been there, had a shit day on the job, uh-huh. and decided, fuck it, this shit's not for me. Few people have the balls to actually do anything about it. The bills need to get paid, and unless you've got another job lined up, you're going to have to suck it up and get on with it. Yeah. But, but, what if leaving wasn't an option? What if oh. you'd signed four years of your life away with the expectation that you'd be living out your dreams only to have the man shit all over them? Oh, no. Well. This is a feeling that Robert K. Preston knew all too well. (laughs) Born in Panama City, Florida in 1953, Robert Preston had been a fan of aviation his entire life. In high school, he joined the Junior Air Force Reserve. (laughs) No context facts with Brad. The manchineel tree in Florida's Everglades is the deadliest tree in the world. Contact with its bark will cause immediate blisters. Eating its fruit will often prove fatal. The smoke from the manchineel tree can even cause blindness. There you go. There's your no context fact. All right, anyway. You lost your train of thought there, bro. In his high school, <laughs> he joined <laughs> Junior Air Force Reserve Officer Training Corps and began completing in intercollegiate aviation events. And by the time he'd left high school, he'd already had his private pilot's license. Robert had grown up during the conflict, uh, during a little conflict you might have heard of, the Vietnam War, and his dream Ooh. was to become a dust-off pilot. Dust-off pilots were helicopter pilots whose job it was to ferry soldiers to and from the battlefield, often working under heavy fire from the Viet Cong. Having already obtained his pilot's license and fresh out of high school, his next step seemed clear. Robert enlisted in 1972 joining the U.S. Army in a special program guaranteed to give him at least two years of helicopter pilot training. The proviso, he would have to serve an additional two years as compensation for his training. Pretty standard deal. For Robert, this was good news. He wanted to be a dust-off pilot, and the additional two years of being a pilot was being was like being told, oh no, I made too much of your favorite food. You'll have to have seconds. He wouldn't be crying himself <laughs> to sleep. Robert was sent to Fort Walters in Texas and began his pilot training in a Hughes TH-55 Osage helicopter. Unfortunately for Robert, 1973 saw the beginning of the US withdrawal from Vietnam, and this led to an excess of highly skilled helicopter pilots. By 1974, Mm -hmm. Robert had been washed out of the program for deficiency in the instrument phase and transferred to Fort George Meade in Maryland as a helicopter mechanic. Robert Preston wasn't the first man Uncle Sam fucked and he certainly wasn't the last, but my God, would he be a memorable route. <laughs> <laughs> when you shit on a man's dreams, then force him to watch other people accomplish what he couldn't day in and day out, there's only so much a man can take. Here comes the overreaction. Oh, in the no. early hours <laughs> of February 17th, 1974, Robert was on his way home from a dance hall 
His future was uncertain, so he decided to head somewhere that had always brought him happiness. The sky. <laughs> Robert was aware of 30 fully fueled and loaded Bell UH-1B helicopters, colloquially known as Hueys, sitting unattended uh-huh. at Fort Meade's Tipton Airfield. By the time the, sp- the sentry spotted his Chevy Nova, it was too late. Robert had the rotor spinning and the Huey was off. With no real plan, Robert started buzzing businesses and residents of nearby Jessup for shits and giggles, often flying <laughs> just feet above the roof of houses. <laughs> After he'd worked out some stress, he had a great idea. The army had fucked him for not being a good enough pilot. He'd show the president himself just how good he was. <laughs> and surely he'd be accepted as a pilot. With renewed hope, he flew the 20 miles from Fort Meade to Washington, District of Columbia, or DC, as some people call it. That's where the president lives? Yes. And on his way to the White House to show off his six skills to sitting President Richard Nixon, Robert got a spot of sightseeing in, stopping at the Capitol building and then the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> Naturally, this drew the attention of the local police, who had no fucking clue what to do. So they just made some phone calls and watched as he headed over to the Washington Monument, where he hovered for a good five to six minutes before heading up Pennsylvania Avenue to the White House. (laughs) When Robert made it to the White House, the Secret Service, tasked with protecting the president, were totally fucking dumbfounded. (laughs) No shit! While Robert hovered over the South Lawn for some ten minutes, they watched him and waited. When Robert was not greeted by the president after ten minutes, he decided to go (laughs) show off his aerial prowess. Robert took off, heading back into nearby Maryland, where he was pursued by the Maryland Police Department helicopter, which he quickly lost. Radar operators at Baltimore's International Airport located him, and two Bell 206 Jet Ranger helicopters were dispatched from the state police to chase him down. The pursuit was flown close to ground level, and I'm talking like feet on the ground. Jesus. (laughs) It was so close, in fact, that uh, Maryland State Police were able to follow him on the roads. Like, that's how close (laughs) we thought he was. Robert eventually shook one of the helicopters, who presumably was like, nope, fuck this, I'm out, Um, because he nearly caused it to crash. (laughs) Not content with that display of sheer chadliness, Robert then ran a police car <laughs> off the road after flying at it chicken style, missing its roof, missing its roof with his skids by mere inches. Robert then decided enough was enough. It was time for his meeting with the president. Robert flew directly to the White House again <laughs> with one remaining helicopter in tow. When he made it to the lawn of the White House, the Secret Service had had enough of his shenanigans and promptly opened fire on him. Robert's Huey was struck more than 300 times, with Robert himself being wounded five times. The most serious wound was to his foot. Undeterred, Robert brought the Huey to the ground skillfully, as remarked by the following pilot uh, in the other helicopter, and sprinted out of the Huey towards the front door of the White House. Unfortunately for him, he was tackled by a Secret Service agent before he could get his mad props from Richard Nixon. God, I'm surprised they didn't blow his fucking head off. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> for his troubles, Robert was sentenced to 12 months in prison for wrongful appropriation and breach of peace and was fined $2,400. <laughs> After spending How two months... did they not shoot him out of the air? <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-9-11, mate. Come on. Oh, um, yeah. still. Not ready for it. Yeah. 
After spending two months in a military prison, he was released and granted a general discharge from the military. He wasn't even dishonorably discharged. <laughs> so game- well, That was some good fine. Fucking game respects some honorable game, fine, right? You know? Yeah. And the absolute kicker for all of this, Richard Nixon was <laughs> never saw a thing. He was in Florida the night of Robert's aerial oh, escapades, no. <laughs> visiting with family. <laughs> so that is- That's uh, it. That poor guy. Yep. Uh, did you say he got- Shot five times. Yes, and the worst injury to his was to his foot. Yeah, the rest were all superficial, so they were like glancing blows. Oh, just I was going to say, like, of all the places to be yeah. shot, the foot's probably the best place to be shot. Surely. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's Sorry, the worst. How could that was be the worst foot. foot. He got hit with a uh, some twelve gauge in his foot or something like that. because uh, they unloaded with um, uh, assault rifles and shotguns. That's how close he was. <laughs> Jesus <Shot> Christ. Is. <laughs> But yeah, once he once he brought it to this the ground, this is like a, this is like GTA when you're just shooting helicopters with shotguns <laughs> until they go down. Yeah, like, he, he it flew doesn't o- work. <laughs> he, he flew over DC and he got five stars. So then he was yeah. like, "They're going to try and lose the cops in Maryland." <laughs> I think that's more of a story of an underreaction than an overreaction. The no, underreaction over- is on no, the underreaction is on the fucking. <laughs> Police secret and service. secret service. Yeah, yeah I know. Like literally, How they're did they like, not just fucking scramble the jets and blow him out of the sky. <laughs> they watched him, and the the guy who was uh, the uh, head supervisor who was on shift that night at the White House was like, uh, "Okay." Um, so he tried to call <laughs> call his boss, and his boss didn't answer. So he's just like, "All right, we'll just chill here for a bit. I guess he's not hurting anyone." <laughs> See what happens. And then he took off, and he went. You know what? If he comes back, shoot him. And they're like, okay, we'll shoot him if he comes back. And then he came back, so they lit him up like a fucking Christmas tree. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, it was just small arms fire. So it was just like machine guns and shotguns, and they were just shooting him until he was like, all right, better land now. That's crazy. But they, the other pilot said if he wanted to fly through the front doors of the White House, they wouldn't have been able to stop him. <laughs> so that's why he didn't get in that much trouble, because when he went to court, they said he clearly had no malice towards anyone or ill intent. Yeah, but... Still. So, yeah, that's that's why he was able to get wrongful appropriation and breach of the peace. That was it. That's mm. all he got charged with. He must have desperately wanted to kill some Vietnamese people if he was upset that the war was finishing. I, yeah. know, I mean, I know Americans love the endless wars, but, I mean, <laughs> shouldn't you be like, all right, cool, I'll just get to fly around and not put my life in danger? Yeah. No, I, I think it was the, the rejection of not being told he couldn't be a pilot. So, um, basically... The military fucked him, but they they had all these pilots coming back from Vietnam, and they were like, "Oh, we don't need any more pilots." So they just made him a helicopter mechanic, and yeah. that's what caused him to snap. Is he's, he was qu- clearly quite skilled. Um, this guy's like the OG Sky King. Yeah, exactly. That's just what raging I was in the sky. <laughs> yeah, except he, you know, he was actually a pilot, not a guy who just saw planes every day. Um, it's kind of like a mix between the tank guy and <laughs> Killdozer. Yeah, Killdozer and Sky King. Killdozer with Sky King, that's exactly it. But yeah, no, yeah. I was just like, it, it's such an unusual thing. Like, Because you would think, when we put it into the context of today, if someone even went anywhere near the White House lawn, oh, they'd if be they getting even thought about a helicopter yeah. into the White House lawn, they'd be yeah. executed for thought crime. Yeah, for I fun. wonder if they would have. I wonder if they would have done it. They would have just shut him down if Nixon was actually in the house instead of being in Florida. Yeah, mm. maybe, maybe because he yeah. wasn't there, it wasn't a big as big a threat. Yeah, yeah. it probably would have elicited a more prompt response from the Secret Service mm. if he'd been there. Um, 
Fun fact, I did yeah, look up if anyone had flown a helicopter to the White House since, and only one other person has breached their aerial defences, which was a guy who got drunk, stole a Cessna, and crashed it into the White House lawn, killing himself and nobody else. Oh, We've oh, all God. done that from time to time, though. Take a helicopter <laughs> yes. when you're drunk. He was, just he... give it back in the morning. No harm, no fear. That was in 1994, so, again, pre-9-11. But they did have mm. Stinger. Um, wait, wait, wait. This is 94 so. when uh, Bill Clinton was president. Yes, and he was trying he to kill He just happened to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Coincidence? How did he die? Oh, he was shot twice in the back of the head by suicide. How did he die? Oh, he flew a helicopter straight into the ground. It was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, come on, Brad. Yes, yeah. Um, Add him to the Clinton kill list. But apparently, he was he had he had a lot of ill intent. He was trying to kill the president, so he just good. missed the missed well, the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> Who isn't? Bill Clinton's a rapist. <laughs> Infowars.com. <laughs> All right, Brad. That was uh. That was, no context facts with Brad. Male bedbugs have a dagger-like penis that they pierce the female's abdomen with. The sperm then make their way to the ovaries via the circulatory system. Good lord, that's just... Mother Nature is... He's a scary a mistress. Mistress. That's brutal. Um, Alright, so it's time for um, my segment, Morgan's Would You Rather. Well, I'll be excited. Morgan. 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 Morgan's Would You Rather. <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> this week I was going to do my main topic on the South Park episode, Scott Tenerman Must Die. Oh, um, yeah. But I decided to do something else. But I still had watched the episode. And I thought, hey, this isn't a wasted 20 minutes. I can use it for my Morgan's Would You Rather. Because if you don't know, in the episode, Carmen is trying to get back at someone. Overreacting, mm-hmm. you might say. And <laughs> yeah, he com- I think that's fair. He comes up with a scheme to get this guy back, which involves a, a pony biting off his penis. <laughs> Now, that scheme doesn't come to fruition, and instead, Carmen gets the man, the boy to eat his own parents. Uh-huh. As so, in Morgan's Would You Rather, my uh, Would You Rather is, would you rather a pony bite off your penis, or would you rather eat your parents? Oh. It's an easy one. Is it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's for me, know. anyway. I mean, I don't want to get my penis bitten off by a pony, but I also don't want to eat my parents. Is it the same situation as in uh, the South Park episode of my parents being cooked into chili and I don't know it's my parents and I eat it and then I get told it's my parents and then I cry in front of Radiohead? Um, With or without the Radiohead, yeah. I mean, it it makes a difference, so... (laughs) Uh, okay, sure. Uh, no, no, they don't love you. Um, I think I'd rather get my penis bitten off by a pony. I don't want to. I'm not a cannibal. Uh, there you go. Oh, Jesus. What about you, bro? Oh, well, I think cats can have to take one for the team. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> Fresh ball of cat chili. I am not getting my penis bitten off by anything, let alone a cat, pony. <laughs> your mother and boss and my yes. boss now as well. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's gonna take one for the team. Cause, I what mean, about it, your dad? Your dad's taking one for the team too. Yeah, I mean, I guess as well. I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is, a pony. You don't feel bad about that. You don't only apologise to the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, 
a pony's teeth are not designed to bite. <laughs> right? That's it's more a of a concern here. Yeah, well, that's it, a very good point. Yeah, it's not going to be quick and painful. It's going to be drawn yeah. out and extremely painful. So, oh. <laughs> when you kill my parents to you know make chili, just make sure it's like a bolt through the head. You know, like they do it in abattoir. Put them down oh, quick. God, God. Right? no country for old men. Exactly. What about you, Wolves? Um Well. I think this situation is a little bit different for you and I, Brad, than it is for Lachlan, because Lachlan's already used his penis as much as he w- he's <laughs> intending to. Wow. Um, meaning I mean, that I'm, he has I'm two kids. I'm intending to use it a lot more, but... <laughs> he doesn't use <laughs> it for not, recreation, uh, purely for procreation. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, for your biological imperative anymore, though. That's You're using right. it for um, other stuff. That's right. Um, Pleasure. Yeah. Not business. Um <laughs> I think I would have to. Uh, <laughs> I would have to take one to the team, and I'd get my one wait a bit. Yeah, I couldn't even. Right. That's that's the only acceptable answer. Yeah, that's good though all- because you've you've split us this time, box. Yeah, you're acting all selfless, but when that pony's got your dick in its mouth, you change your mind so quickly. <laughs> Shoot my parents. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, kill him. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is It is a really tough one. But, you know, that's why South Park is such a great show with excellent mm. writing. Really um, makes you right. think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm going to go next. And my overreactions for today are um, about uh, <laughs> Muslim overreactions oh, to no. um, what God. we would see as totally innocuous things. Muslims are going to overreact so, to this uh, part of the podcast and all three of us are going to get beheaded. I would yeah, like well, to... It's, it's kind of a meta just... segment in that sense. So. <laughs> I would like to start by saying, if you're going to put a fatwa on anyone, don't put it on the entire team. Just on <laughs> yeah, Morgan Brad's, specifically. Brad's name is in the show. Just yeah. put it on Brad. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Okay, so the first incident I'm going to talk about is in 2004, when Dutch filmmaker Theo van Gogh was assassinated for his role in creating a short film entitled Submission, about the physical abuse of women that is justified in the Quran. A Dutch citizen, Mohamed Bouyeri, of Moroccan descent, was frustrated by the obvious lies of this film. As we all know, Islam is the most feminist religion, <laughs> and so he shot Van Gogh and two bystanders in the early morning of November 2, 2004. <laughs> Van Gogh, while wounded, pleaded with Muhammad, mercy. We can talk about this, can't we? Muhammad then shot him several more times at close range and then attempted to decapitate him. And oh, cut off Jesus. his ears. He cr- <laughs> like his great, great uncle or whatever it was. <laughs> now, he couldn't quite manage it. So instead, Muhammad uh, stabbed the long knife into Van Gogh's chest before affixing a uh. note to Van Gogh with another smaller knife. Uh, the note was a. He needed a second knife. <laughs> yeah. That's the note knife. It's just like, like a pin. Uh, like okay. For a pin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he stabbed this note into uh, his chest, and it was a five page threat to Ayan Hirsi Ali, an Islamic apostate who wrote the film. And of course, it wouldn't be a true Islamic assassination without accusations of um, about Jews and threats towards Jews. So he included them in the note as well. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to leave a note. It's, it's hardly a note if it's five pages. It's more like a short story. Yeah, it's like a manifesto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Manifesto. Yeah. The Jews did this. It's not really That's a all note. It's like, of this. be back at five o'clock, you know. <laughs> not. <laughs> Jews well, did 9-11 even, and uh, just you shouldn't I, write stories about Ayan Hirsi Ali, you're dead. Something like that. But yeah, it went off for five pages. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, the second incident is on September 30, 2005, when a Danish newspaper, Jelans Posten, published 12 cartoons, many of them depicting the Holy Prophet Muhammad. So, That's a big a no-no. For the, yeah. A reporter for the paper, Stig Olesen, came up with the idea of doing an experiment after reading a story in another Danish newspaper. On September 16, Ritzau, Ritzua, published a story about how an author was unable to find an illustrator willing to draw Muhammad for a children's book. Eventually, he was able to find an illustrator who would do it, as long as the work would be anonymous. So, Olesen wanted to offer to pay the 42 members of the Danish Newspaper Illustrators Union to draw Muhammad and see how they would respond. Would they be too afraid to do it, like the illustrators contacted by the author? Would they self-censor after what happened to Theo van Gogh last year, or would they be willing to stand up for their right to draw whatever they wanted? So, 15 illustrators responded, 12 of which submitted illustrations. Uh Of the other three, one said the project was too vague, one said it was stupid, and one admitted that he was too afraid to do it. The other two were obviously too afraid to do it. Yeah, he's the least pussy of those three, because he at least admitted that he was scared. (laughs) Yeah, oh, it's too vague. You're asked to draw Muhammad, that's pretty specific. it's it's a very simple brief. (laughs) So, on September 30, 2005, Yulans Preston ran a piece in their cultural section about the experiment, and they featured the submitted cartoons. (laughs) Now, not only did they publish depictions of Muhammad, which is super haram, they also <laughs> insulted him with many of those depictions, making the cartoons double extra haram. <laughs> you never want to go full haram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, Muslims are known for their good humor and lighthearted nature. <laughs> oh, no. But, but drawing Muhammad with a bomb on his head was just too much for the otherwise peaceful adherence of the religion of peace. <laughs> Well, in Muslim-majority countries, there were violent protests and attacks on Western embassies and diplomats. Overall, around 250 people died in the worldwide protests and resulting riots. But none of the deaths occurred in Denmark or any Western country, for that matter. In fact, most of the deaths were in Nigeria, because Muslim protesters initially killed 16 Christians in churches and Christine, Christian-run businesses, which led to riots and counterattacks. So, hang on, I just got to follow the logic here. So... Yeah. What country was this in again that they were actually published? Was it in Netherlands again? Denmark. Oh, Denmark, sorry. Um, was, it, was the newspaper, like, like Christian-affiliated, or were they just taking yeah. it out on Christians in Nigeria? No, yeah. Well, they were just, they were annoyed yeah. and just, uh, well, I mean, take it out Denmark on is a So, Christian what I'm saying, country, it, it wasn't like a religious newspaper. It was just, nah. just a newspaper. No, no religious affiliation. No, I don't yeah. think so. Okay, in the so Muslim the Christians eyes, in Nigeria. if you are not Muslim, you are Christian or Jewish. Okay, but so like <laughs> the Christians, I mean, this, this, the Christians in Nigeria, like woke up, opened the paper, you know, had had their breakfast, and they were like, you know, oh no, some some guys drew something in another country on the other side of the world. Oh, that's terrible. But they like they didn't see it coming, did they? Is what I'm saying. They, they, there was there was no warning for them because they're no. like we're not affiliated no. with these guys in any way, shape, or form. There's no way anyone will link yeah, this like, to us. Like, like let's let's just put this in context. Like the <laughs> it's not like the Muslims and Christians were getting along famously in Nigeria before <laughs> this cartoon. Okay, okay, fair, fair. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I think this was kind of like in any excuse sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Nigerians uh, having access to the internet because that's how they scam people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they. 
uh, probably saw that these protests were going on in the Middle East and North Africa and thought, well, let's do the same. And I don't like Christians, so let's go kill some of them. So, um, yeah, 146 Nigerians were killed. So, out of the 250 people in the world, 146 of them were Nigerians. Um, And then, yeah. (laughs) No context facts with blood. The average human weight is approximately 62 kilos, the same as one blue whale testicle. Uh, yeah, so most, most of the other deaths were people dying during gem- demonstrations in Middle Eastern or North African countries. And the third incident was on January 7, 2015, when two brothers stormed into the Paris office of the satirical newspaper Charlie Hebdo. Armed with assault rifles, submachine guns, shotguns, and pistols, they were not there to verbally express their disapproval of the newspaper's uh. depictions of Muhammad. They killed 12 people during the incident, one maintenance worker, two unarmed police officers, and nine people who actually worked for the newspaper. Now, they did spare the life of one woman who worked there. She says that one of the brothers aimed his weapon at her, but then said, I'm not going to kill you because you're a woman. And then he told her to convert to Islam, read the Quran, and wear a veil. So maybe Islam really is the most feminist religion after all. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Can you believe that? That, well, I mean, her lucky day, I guess. What a simp. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real white knight. I wonder if she did convert after that. Yeah, do you Probably reckon the not. first thing she did, she walked out of that building and found the nearest Quran shop and just bought that up? They're called moss spread. <laughs> <laughs> Brad just spit his drink out. I got Brad to do a spit take. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> My computer screen is covered in water. Um, anyway, they, uh, you know, let's, let's not go too crazy here because they, they did actually kill one woman during the, uh, attack, but she was Jewish, which makes sense Wow! because yeah. their feminism ends when their anti-Semitism begins. <laughs> <laughs> After how all, a they- Jewish woman is still Jewish. How were they able to identify her as Jewish? Was she wearing like a giant, like cross ah, of David? It's, or <laughs> it's the nose. Yeah. She lives in Paris. She has to. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. I don't know. I don't know how much, yeah, they noticed. Anyway. Uh, oh, um, man. Something that was really interesting about this attack was that there were two police officers killed in the attack, and one of them was a bodyguard who was assigned by the police to um, guard the Charlie Hebdo director named Sharb. Did a good job, and didn't his he? job was to protect him, <laughs> but obviously- he didn't, and he probably couldn't because he didn't have a gun. So, like, <laughs> could you imagine if you had a bodyguard that didn't have a gun? Wait, what was he supposed to do? Talk him down? Uh, he's yeah, more of a meat so. shield than anything, I think. Oh, that is. Yeah, well, it didn't work too well because that's the not meat even bringing a knife to a gunfight. That's bringing too. stern words to a gunfight. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Fuck, that poor bastard was set um, up to fail from the beginning. Yeah, and then they. Uh, I'm sure you guys. You two have seen the video. I don't think most people would go out looking for something like this, but there's also a video of the the one of the brothers shooting a police officer on the street, and the police officer on the street was also unarmed. Have you seen that? No. I've seen a lot of videos. Oh, oh it came out like he came out straight away. The, the police officer's got his hands up and the guy shoots him from across the road. And then the guy the police officer's like on the ground, rolling around like in pain and mm. you know, our whatever, been fucking wounded. shot, yeah. 
And then the guy who shot him just like runs past him. And as he's running past him, he just pops him in the head without stopping. Yeah. It's really brutal. That um, is, that's pretty right. Sounds like total disrespect for his life. It was, yeah, it's really, it's pretty confronting to watch. I'll send you the video. You'll love it. Um, <laughs> but something, something also, that, a little black humor about this attack <laughs> is that um, Charlie Hebdo uh, had their officers firebombed in 2011 over previous depictions of Muhammad. So they, they would, you know, they were attacked yep. in 2011. And so they decided to move their headquarters and they'd moved it to a place where it was unmarked. So passersby wouldn't be able to see that it was their office. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So the brothers knew where their office was, but because it wasn't marked, they actually went into the wrong office first and they <laughs> shouted out, is this Charlie Hebdo? And they were like, uh, no. And then they ran off. <laughs> How fucking weird would that be? Oh. <laughs> would you be just like, whew. Glad I don't work at Charlie Hebdo today. Then. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they so they yeah. went in there like with guns. I'm assuming and yelled, "Is this Charlie Hebdo?" Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they yeah, honestly yeah. expect them? And then to they go, they, sh- yes? they shot a door as well. Like yeah. they shot a glass door. But did they honestly okay. expect everyone? Like, if it was Charlie Hebdo, were they like expecting people to go, "Yeah, yeah no, you're in the right place." <laughs> Just sweet Charlie. You <laughs> <laughs> were like, of course they're gonna fucking say no. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then they got then they got the right building after that. Uh, clearly, um, yeah, yeah. But you know these these three incidents were, in my opinion, um, slide over. Decided, to, yeah, yeah. Well, I decided these three incidents and not to include other famous terrorist attacks like the nineteen seventeen nineteen seventy two Munich Olympics, you know nine eleven, the recent attacks in France, you know those sort of things because those were more like nebulous sort of geopolitical. Yeah, they weren't really attacks. Knee-jerk reactions like, to something. Yeah, yeah. They weren't like specific overreactions to mm. certain things. Like I think publishing a cartoon and being killed over that—that's a fucking overreaction. Hmm. And yeah, making a film that somebody doesn't like and getting killed like these are just—I don't know. I mean, it's have it's you seen the emoji movie? Because <laughs> I'm pretty you, sure I'd go a little Charlie Hebdo on the creator of that if I oh, ever <laughs> And you say that, and it's 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 funny, but could you even imagine that somebody in Hollywood would get killed for the movie they'd made? Like, oh, mate, I'm not going to have to imagine un- it. We're about to thinkable. get killed for making this, so thanks for that. <laughs> you went full hurrah, mate. You went full hurrah. It's it's absolutely unthinkable, and yeah. I think that's um, uh, you know as as much fun as we're having overreactions to. Uh, it, it's obviously an overreaction to. Yeah. Hear something that somebody says, and to respond with violence is just totally inappropriate and absolutely fucking imagine ridiculous. If, and imagine if the Jews reacted violently shit. every time they got made fun of. They'd be, like oh. everyone would be dead. <laughs> True, they would be. They would be nonstop. Oh, no. The Jews, people. the Jews are just like a perpetual butt of every joke. You know, mm-hmm. God's That's probably why they all they all become butt of comedy God's writers. Joke. <laughs> Either they've had yeah. a rough time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're here with laughter, here with laughter. It depends who you ask. Some think they might have deserved it. Oh. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I don't think that. Yeah, you sound a little... Some uh... people do, though. <laughs> um, yeah, well, the, the other thing is that there was a there was an incident related to this terrorist attack as well, this Charlie Hebdo terrorist attack, where somebody else who was a sympathizer or a, um, whatever, like a... a Co-terrorist. Yeah, <laughs> he 
he was trying to get these two brothers off the hook and get the police not to, you know, arrest them and attack them. So he held up a kosher supermarket because <laughs> let's, why not get the Jews involved? Like That's right. <laughs> it's a Charlie Hebdo shooting in Paris. It has nothing to do with the Jews. Uh, let's let's just hold up a, a Jewish supermarket. Like they just got to get the Jews involved because they just hate them so much. So, so wait, was he trying to distract police? Like draw police resources? Or draw the attention away. Yeah, I didn't look into it too much, but it, it was it was like a terrorist incident, obviously. And one of his demands was, you know, let's not prosecute these brothers. Oh, really? Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking water simp. <laughs> Fred, again, using words, he doesn't know the meaning. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a woman, but you know what I mean for the ideology. <laughs> a simmed. Um, all right. So... <laughs> You know, Lachlan right. said he's got Lachlan said he's got a, a, a new segment that he wants to try out. Oh, that's right. Do you want to? Right. Do you want to do it? I do. So I don't have a uh, fancy intro for this yet, Boo. but it will come. Yeah. Um, this isn't going to be an every episode segment. I don't think this is just going to be a every now and then type segment. But the reason for that is I need listener input for this segment. So mm-hmm. send me an email. Uh, person at gmail.com or head on to our website bradisbadperson.com and hit up the contact us link send us a message through there I want you to send in the problems you're having in your life because <laughs> this oh, no. is Lachlan's advice corner Oh no. helping losers act normal oh fucking hell and I've got some I've got some uh Advice that hasn't been asked for here, but I'm going to give it anyway because it's a good time. Unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. That's my advice Uh, to the listeners. Because of the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 thing, the stock markets across the world are absolutely tanking. It's a fantastic time to buy shares. Get into the market now. (laughs) Buy low, sell high. (laughs) Buy low, sell high. Is that your tip? Yes. That's generally how it works if you want to make money. that's an I know no, one's, no one's ever marketed this strategy before. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so, so that was, right. your, that was so, your advice? That was my advice. That was Lachlan's advice corner, helping yeah. losers act normal. Uh, send, in, send in your questions and I will, I will give you advice because uh, I feel like I've got a lot of life experience. Uh, I've got a lot of guidance to give. <laughs> uh, you can remain anonymous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so the uh, the next topic is going to be done by Lachlan. Let's hope it's uh-huh. a little better than that. Let's go. Whoa! Okay, speaking of listeners writing in, this idea came from uh, a listener, sent us an email uh, about this topic. This is the pastry war. So in 1821, Mexico claimed its independence from Spain. As you can imagine, there it's was a little ever bit... Since. Of civil unrest in the following years as the country tried to figure out just who should be in charge. During this uh, tumultuous time, some Mexican soldiers looted a marketplace that happened to house a bakery owned by a French citizen, a man known only by the name Remontel. Now, they emptied the joint. Not a single croissant was left behind. (laughs) And (laughs) as you can imagine, Remontel was none too happy. So Remontel goes to the Mexican government and he says, Hey, your soldiers fucked up my bakery. 
I want you to pay for the damage. I think 60,000 pesos should do it. Now, I couldn't so find like any inflation data for the Mexican peso older than 1970. <laughs> Uh, but when converted to USD and then adjusted for inflation, 60,000 pesos is about 74,000 US dollars, which doesn't sound unreasonable to repair and replace the entire stock of a bakery until you account for the fact that Remontel's entire shop was valued at around 1,000 pesos at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1945, a B-25 bomber crashed into the Empire State Building, killing 14 people. Jesus. So, if you, if something's worth a 1,000 pesos and you want yeah. 60,000 pesos for it, that's like saying, you know, you wrecked my car that's worth 15 grand and I want a million dollars for it. Yeah, basically. 60 times as much. Yeah. So, yeah, that, to put that in perspective, that's like somebody stealing your $15,000 car yeah. and you say, all right, well, you owe me a million dollars now. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted 60 times the value of what he'd lost. Um, so, the Mexican government naturally told him to hit the it's bricks. It's a bit of an overreaction, don't you think? I mean, 1,000 pesos and you want 60,000. It's that's, kind of overacting. That's a not bit. even the overreaction here. Um, <laughs> oh, it's one of... <laughs> So, the Mexican government naturally told him to hit the bricks. They weren't even compensating their own citizens for damage in the looting, let alone some <laughs> froggy prick who thinks his macaroons are worth their weight in gold. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, they said. But they hadn't heard the last of Remontel. <laughs> he went back to them again and again for years, insisting that he be repaid for the damage the Mexican army had caused. But every time go, man. he was turned away. So, in 1838, after 10 years of petitioning the ever-changing leaders of the Mexican government, they had 20 different presidents in the first 20 years of their uh, <laughs> independence <laughs> from Spain. Uh, <laughs> Remontel says, fuck this. And goes back to France. But he didn't go home to forget about the whole thing and move on with his life. He went home <laughs> because he was going to go above Mexico's head. <laughs> so, Remontel goes back to France. And he goes to talk to King Louis Philippe. And tells him the whole story. I just want my 60,000 pesos, he tells the king. That's bullshit, says Louis Philippe. I've got your back, dog. <laughs> And for your trouble, we're going to throw an extra zero on the end. <laughs> he calls the Prime Minister in and he says, you need to sort this shit out. Could you imagine he walks in the king and the king's like, what, the croissants too? Yes, the croissants. <laughs> and the macaroon. And the macaroon. Oh. <laughs> Those Mexican pig dogs. What about those little baby eclairs? You know, the mini eclairs? Oh, you know, they yeah, didn't take them, so did good. they? they the eclairs as well. <laughs> oh, made with shoe pastry. So light and fluffy. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> Look at French or joke. Worth every peso, am I right? Oh, God. So, Prime Minister Louis Matthew Molay sends a message to Mex Mexico. You wouldn't pay our boy. Now we're involved. You're going to give him 600,000 pesos. 
Mexico, having only recently wriggled their way out of the tyrannical grasp of Spain, aren't about to let themselves be pushed around by some other pack of European cunts and reply to France with whatever the Spanish word for no is. No hable Francais. <laughs> Louis Matthew goes back to Louis Philippe and hey, he says... Some of that one look good. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, good. <laughs> and he says, listen, boss, they're not playing ball. It's not really that big of a deal. Maybe we just let it go. King Louis Philippe slams his drink down on the table, probably orders the prime minister's execution and says, I don't fucking think so. So he gets his admiral around and he tells him what's going on. He says, I want that fucking 600,000 pesos paid. I don't give a fuck how. I just need you to get this done. Don't stress it, Chief, Admiral Charles Charles Abaudian says. I know how to sort this out. And he sets sail for Mexico. <laughs> then, one morning, the Mexican president walks out his front door to go to work. And it's just fucking French ships as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Admiral Baudin has brought half the French naval fleet with him and blockaded the entire Atlantic coast of Mexico. Gosh. President Bustamante sends a message to the French. What the fuck is this? He says. (laughs) You're not getting a red hot scent out of me until all your ships fuck off back home. In reply, Admiral Baudin spends the next six days raining cannon fire on San Juan de Alua, the island fortress protecting Veracruz, the biggest port in Mexico. (laughs) President Bustamante sends another message. I'm not copping this. You fucked our economy and destroyed a naval base because some dickhead had a few baguettes stolen. Consider this letter a declaration of war. Oh. The Admiral sends a group of Marines this into Veracruz so where they promptly seize the city and capture the entire Mexican Navy. <laughs> Isn't the Mexican Navy... Would have been like six rowboats at the time. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, one troop of Marines captured the whole thing, so. Uh, The war continues for three months until the British come over and say, you guys need to fucking chill and broker a peace The adult in the room. (laughs) Everybody calm down. (laughs) Mexico agrees to pay the 600,000 pesos and the French agree to go home. In the end, fatalities from the war were Mexico, 95, France, 9, (laughs) and all because some frog baker asked for too much money, which he never even ended up getting paid. Did he not get a single paycheck? No. Mexico never paid it, and it's one of the reasons that the uh, second French intervention in Mexico happened. So uh, they agreed to pay it and then never actually paid it. Yeah, that's right. Oh. And then it led to a bigger, worse yeah, I war mean, afterwards. It didn't this lead is to it, but it was familiar. one of the justifications for Napoleon invading Mexico. This is like World War One, World War Two stuff like that. This yeah. is very eerie. <laughs> it, it pretty, it pretty much is. It's yeah. It's it never really ended, but I feel like it was a bit of an overreaction. Uh, well, there was lots of overreactions from everybody. I mean, it's an overreaction <laughs> to ask for 60,000 pesos. It's an overreaction for the French guy to chuck a zero on it and start a war over it. <laughs> yeah. And then it was an overreaction for the Mexicans to go to war instead of paying. 
with someone they can't beat. Like, this is just a stupid... It's just ridiculous. You know what's funny? Is if you go by actual number of troops, um, the Mexicans had the French by, like, 250 men. And they still got fucking stomped. Oh, the French know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, because right? well, the French apparently. would have just posted up on the ocean with their giant, massive warships. And the yeah. Mexicans would have been in rowboats trying to paddle out there. Something just getting I- ripped apart by grape shot. <laughs> Something but- I didn't... Speaking of grape shot, one of Mexico's uh, commanders had his leg blown off by grape shot. Oh. And they Did buried the leg with full military honours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but something I didn't mention in there, there's a whole bunch of crazy shit that happened during this time, but, um, because the Atlantic coast was blockaded, Mexico was smuggling, uh, resources in through Texas and the Americans didn't want to stop that happening, but they also didn't want the French to think that they were on Mexico's side. So the, the U S sent one ship down to help with the blockade. (laughs) Pretty clever. (laughs) We're helping. Exactly. (laughs) First time someone smuggles stuff, someone from out of the US into Mexico as well. (laughs) My my, how the times have changed. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's what they call the pastry war. Officially, it's called the first French intervention in Mexico. But. uh, (laughs) When you when you search that on Wikipedia, it redirects to the pastry war. <laughs> the first French <laughs> shelling of Mexico. <laughs> oh fuck! That's uh, yeah, that's a that's a crazy story. But it's it's about people's pride getting in the way and not being able to let something go. Absolutely. But I think this this like French guy who the the president or whatever who just said chuck an extra zero on the end of it. He was he oh, was like King, one of those Louis judges. Philippe. Yeah, oh yeah. He was like one of those judges that you know gives these ridiculous sentiments to people for pain and distress or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, look, mate, you've been through a lot. You asked for sixty thousand. That sounds like a lot, but actually, with all the stuff you've gone through, I think you deserve an extra zero. <laughs> Maybe the king just didn't know how much pesos were worth. He was like, pesos, it was fucking pesos. Throw a zero yeah. on that bitch. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he got his conversion wrong and he thought, hey, you're not asking for that much. Yeah. 600,000 600, pesos was 3 million francs at the time. <laughs> so he knew what he was doing. <laughs> for some croissants and stale back in downtown Veracruz. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, if you took the wage of the average Mexican worker at the time, 600,000 pesos was around 165 years of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, slight overreaction. Right, well, <laughs> yeah, a bit of an overreaction there. <laughs> a little bit. All right, Brad, uh, do you want to do, do your power rankings, Brad? I would love to. Power rankings. <clears throat> so, <laughs> for you, Morgs, uh, in light of... Uh, Lachlan has to edit it, so it's really for Lachlan. <laughs> mm. In light of uh, how the shit has hit the fan as far as toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Oh, good God. Just general panic buying has happened since we released our first episode on Pandemics. We I were figured, wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we this week's we power weren't rankings. wrong. 
<laughs> it's still right. I think that everyone it's else that dangerous. Was wrong. It's it's the children who are right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave people more credit than they deserve. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. So this week's power rankings is top five toilet papers. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Yep. All right. All right. So yeah, now that I, I know what number one is, because yeah, there's I know a clear answer is. here. There is a clear winner. All right. Well, yeah. now that we've arrived at the end of days, toilet paper will be our new currency. Gone are the days <laughs> yeah. of trading useless plastic bills for goods and services. Soon you'll be trading shit tickets for handies behind the rubble of a burnt out coals. <laughs> so, <laughs> here's the five best brands to make sure your apocalypse is a lavish one. Yeah. All right. Number five, Kleenex Complete Clean. Uh, oh, well, no, that's number one. That's number yeah. one. Are you doing? Uh, sorry, we forgot to clarify here, Lachlan. This is our fault, actually. You're saying five is the best. And no, five is definitely the worst. No, I am not. I'm saying five. So you're five going from best to worst. I'm you're, going. You're, for, you're doing your five to one. Yeah, five the mere to five fact, points. The mere fact the that one. Morgan and I both had that as our number one without discussing this it just proves that it is, in fact, the best. No, I think it just proves how. Oh, very mistaken. Ah, you're a fucking idiot. It's got the uh, ripples and the grooves. It gives you extra mm-hmm. extra grip. Hey, hey, yeah, it's clearly the best. One. I'll anyway, let's 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 um. Let I'm not saying it's a bad toilet. Humor, it's in my top five. So you know, <laughs> just just accept that you guys are wrong, but that you were close wow. anyway. Uh, so number five, Kleenex complete clean. We all know the fluffy Kleenex puppy, and a pack of this bad boy's paper is like wiping your ass on that adorable little guy. Their patented clean ripple texture, that's what you're talking uh-huh. about, ensures that yeah. shit stuff. is whisked away from your asshole in no time flat. That's right. You don't go global Whist. for no reason. Assholes all over the world enjoy this. Uh-huh. Number five. Number four. Sorbent Silky White. Nah. I've got to give it to the Kiwis. They make a mean roll of shit tickets. If you're going <laughs> to hop the Tasman and bring weak butthole hygiene game, you're going to fail. <laughs> Consistency is important when you're trusting millimeters of paper to keep you from a bad time and sorbent has it in spades. So, num- number three, quilting. An Australian staple oh, no. for as long as I can no. remember and for a terrible reason. Sucks. It Quilton gets the job the done. No it's frills, really no spills. There's a certain security you get from seeing that fat little cherub on the front of a pack of toilet paper and that fat faced little bastard screams, Your asshole is in good hands with us. <laughs> Number two, Quil- on it. Quilton Tuffy. Alright. How's Quilton on here twice? Two. That's no, because Quilton is, a Quilton is the worst brand. No, it is not. It sucks. Might as well buy home brand, bro. Uh, Quilton Tuffy. I found Tuffy after I stumbled into our number one on the list, and I have to say, I was surprised. Tuffy lives up to his name, with four plies of fury coming in at triple <laughs> length. So you'll find yourself closer to your, love- your loved ones. With all the time you're saving, changing roles. <laughs> its strength when wet makes it a household juggernaut, capable of making its way out of the toilet. The only downside is that four plies between the cheek feels like a bit too much for me. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> all right. You spent so long thinking about whether you could. You didn't stop <laughs> thinking think about whether you, you should. should. Yeah. Uh, number one. Is Vavel Luxury Soft Double Length? Literally, who? You better be getting a fucking sponsorship kickback for this, Brad, because it's clearly not the best one. Now, hear me out here. Vavel is a bit of a dark ass as far as a dark horse as far as arsehole hygiene (laughs) is (laughs) concerned. I just did a bit of a Dark horse as far as arsehole hygiene is concerned. 
But on a particular, <laughs> but on one particularly daring trip to Coles, I ventured out of my comfort zone, and my asshole's never been happier. <laughs> Strong yet supple, luxury soft can handle what you can throw at it. It's not too thick, yet it doesn't feel like you're one slip away from ending up knuckle deep in yourself. <laughs> now, I was initially thrown by the larger than standard rolls, but then I realised I'm changing the rolls less frequently, and that's a good thing. Why conform to toilet paper body images shown and thrown at us by the media? You'll have more time to live, laugh, and love. But more importantly, your asshole will thank you. That's my top five toilet papers. That was that was very good, but also factually incorrect. So. No, you're just wrong. Well, so, let's uh, be fair. I haven't I'll tried give you, the top I'll give one. you a B plus on that one. If you want to, if you want to talk about the clinics, right? The complete clinic is good, but it has this it issue. It's fantastic. Where it balls up sometimes. It balls up. And what? That, and that's the problem with it, all right? You get like the, uh, yeah, you get what I'm saying? I do know what you it's mean, It's too actually. fluffy, yeah. if you know what I mean. I have And that's the that only reason. It, I love the fucking patented uh, clean ripple texture that no one oh, else the has. clean ripple it, texture. It, it pulls patented? that shit away from the arsehole and it's just out of there, you know, but the issue is it balls up in the process. It's like, yeah. it's like technology. Double, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. It is. It's a double-edged asshole cleaner. That's what it is. It's it's so. powerful, but it's also difficult to wield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be a skilled swordsman. Um, yes. Now, Brad, to be fair, I haven't tried number one. Yeah. No, me either. But I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. But Quilton just isn't even close, so I just, no, I'm not trusting terrible. your judgment Have you had this. the Quilton Quilton done? is... But you put Quilton regular, number three. Yeah, so I, 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 I rate Quilton like. regular because... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do the ball up thing, and it is consistent. It's always the same. It's and it's also it's, it's, every toilet paper is consistent. You also got to take <laughs> other factors into account as well, which is cost as well. Because Kleenex is like three times more expensive than Quilton. Quilton is it's worth for it. a reason. It's worth it. Ah, oh, you guys, you guys. Might as well wipe it with one ply or something from the that you're stealing out of a public toilet. Bro. Got one of those long <laughs> yeah, giant that, rolls. That was number six, but I didn't want to go too far. So now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have have either of you guys been to an Asian country where they um, shoot water up your butthole in the toilet? No, I have not. Uh, I have not. No. Okay, because I think that's the best toilet. I mean, when I was a kid, honest. I used to play around with the hose. Oh, good God, Brad! <laughs> what did you say, Brad? <laughs> You'll never know. What did uh, this animal say? <laughs> you'll, was- you'll hear it after I finish the editing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. But anyway, it it's it's a very weird feeling. It's not it's not pleasant. No, you know, I well, can agree. I mean, it's it's a weird feeling and but it is, you know, it's luxurious because you don't have to touch anything. I you know, have you just heard stand up and the day is where it's at. It is, it is. I should get one. Um, I just well, yeah, given the recent Actually, turn of events, if I had one, yeah. if I had one, I wouldn't be in a in a panic trying to get TP right now because well, of the uh, coronavirus. This is something that if I, you, I was if you listen about. to our episode on Doomsday Preppers, you wouldn't be in a panic to get toilet paper either because you'd already be stocked up. Yeah, like your yeah. underground bunker, fully prepped. Yeah, fully no prepped, comment. ready to go with uh, plenty of space for me and Morgan and uh, <laughs> buried in your backyard. Toilet, toilet paper, as far as the eye can see. Exactly. <laughs> A throne of toilet paper. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, I hope you've uh, really enjoyed this episode. And if there are any Muslim listeners, uh, um, please don't overreact to what I um, put out there. Or at Listen, least, do you want to wrap us up? If you're going to overreact, overreact and only get Morgan. I know for a fact that we do have some Muslim listeners, but they're, they're the kind ones. that live in Australia. So. And they're good sports. I don't think they're as 
devout as uh, yeah, Middle Eastern Muslims can it's be. It's not sometimes. even about devout. Like my my Muslim friend would like agrees that like the you know the terrorists are absolutely ridiculous. So it's not like it, you know, this isn't a really controversial thing to he's, he's one of the good to ones. say to most people. He's the one. Well, most of them are hashtag not all Muslims. Right? <laughs> Hashtag right. not all but most Muslims. No. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this episode, if you are still listening. <laughs> we, <laughs> I wouldn't be. <laughs> We've loved being here with you. Uh, please come back again next week. Listen to us again. To do that, you should subscribe to us. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, everything. Uh, we got a DM about something called Audlist today. Mm. Maybe we'll be on that by the time this episode comes out. Who fucking knows? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Reddit. We've got a website. We've got an email address. All the internet stuff. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can head to paypal.me slash Brad is a bad person. Buy us a beer. Buy me a muzzle so I can shut that dog up. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to do that, head over to iTunes. Uh, rate and review us. Five stars, if you wouldn't mind. We got a pretty good uh, review today from, I think the name was Literally Every Name Is Taken or something like that. Nickname. Uh, yeah. So, thanks for that, man. Or ma'am. Mm. That was good. I like it. It's um, and <laughs> it, it, made, it made me feel warm and fuzzy in the inside. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like hearing from our listeners, even though that was indirect. I wish that our Actually, listeners yeah, would we should us. We should give a shout out to people who give us reviews on iTunes because it does help a lot oh, and yeah, we enjoy does. it and yes. um, if you're if, if you want to support the show uh, you can donate money if you like but we're, we're not expecting that but something you can do really easily is tell a friend to listen and rate and review us on Definitely. iTunes and that's that's like the best thing you can do for yeah, us yeah you'll get a shout out things. if you review us on iTunes or whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, why don't we make that a thing? You you review us, you review us on iTunes. We'll read it out on the show. And thank you. How about that? Yeah, I like it. And yeah. the biggest thing of all that I can't believe we haven't mentioned till now. Today we just passed ten thousand listens. Oh yeah, Boys, I know. This is insane. It's fucking Santa. happening. It's fucking insane. It's happening, that. boys. We've hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're all sad people for listening to this.